everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Today we launch a brand new message series titled, I'm In. Someone say, I'm in. Come on, one more time, say, I'm in. What are you in for? You don't know yet. I'm about to tell you. Um, This is a series really about um, identity. Someone say identity. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at um, four truths for the next four weeks. Four truths of who you are in Christ and and how they fit into his church. Four truths of of who you and I are in Christ and how they fit into his church. Jesus said, I'm building my church. Amen? I'm building. He's building. He's building his church. And we are that church, right? This is is brick and mortar, and we thank God for this building. But the, the, the building isn't the mission. The building is to fulfill the mission. It's just a building. So wherever God takes us, the mission stays the same. It's the vehicle that takes us to fulfill the mission, right? Wherever you and I go, the church goes. And so today I want to talk to you about how you are invited into God's family with a message entitled, I'm invited. I'm invited. Someone say, I'm I'm invited. I'm invited. I'm invited. I'm invited. Um, Probably one of the worst feelings ever is to be not invited, Have you ever been uninvited to something? Have you ever scrolled through social media and seen your closest four friends out having a good time, but you didn't have an invite to that good time? And you were wondered, why wasn't I invited? One One of the worst feelings is to see people you're close to and you thought you were real close to but didn't invite you to the party. I heard this story of a pastor who was traveling, preaching at different churches, and he came to this church of about 50 people, small church, and so for him to come there was a big deal to the church, and they didn't have really a lot of guests coming to check out their church, and, uh, but this day, one of the ladies in the church um, had been inviting this other lady to church, and she finally said, yes, I'll come this Sunday. And so the lady was so excited, she went up to the preacher, the evangelist, and said, I can't wait, you know, my friend, I've been inviting her for weeks and months, and finally she said yes. Finally she said yes. And so the lady shows up, but the lady doesn't look like all the other ladies in the church. The other ladies had their Bible in their hand. The other ladies had real nice hair, nice dress on. This lady had no Bible. Her clothes weren't nice, and she looked scared to death to be there. Looked scared to death. Then all of a sudden, a guy steps up, kind of looks her up and down, and says to the young lady, is that the best outfit you have? He said, we wear our best for God at this church. She did what you think. She turned around. Walked right back out that church. She was ashamed. 
She was embarrassed. She felt unwelcomed. What's sad is this happens every Sunday at churches. People feel uninvited. They feel unwelcomed, unloved, and excluded. If you've ever felt ashamed, unworthy, unwanted, uninvited, I want you to hear one of the greatest truths of the gospel of Jesus. It's this. Jesus invites the people others reject. I said Jesus invites the people others reject. Jesus always invited those that religion despises and that others overlook. I heard this quote this week, and it said, every time we use religion to draw a line to keep people out, Jesus is with the people on the other side of that line. Hmm. You're invited to the family of God. I need you to know that today, that you're invited to the family of God. And I want us to go to our text is in Luke chapter 7. Let me give you a little context of the story that we're going to spend the remainder of our time on today. Story is found in Luke chapter 7, and we find our text with a group of Pharisees. Some will say Pharisees. They were the religious leaders, the spiritually elite of those days. And uh, they were very pious and very devoted to the law. We're going to dot every I, cross every T, and very prideful of their spirituality and very proud that they kept away from sinners. Very proud that nobody who was in sin would be around them. They only hung out with the spiritually elite. Therefore, there was always tension between them and Jesus. If you remember Jesus' title that he was given was Jesus, friend of sinners. It's where we find him. Most stories in the gospel find him with somebody who was labeled a sinner. And so he argued back and forth with the Pharisees and Sadducees. And so we find one of the Pharisees named Simon decides to throw a party and invites Jesus because they love to argue with Jesus. Now, this wasn't um, a type of party where there were hot dogs and hamburgers come on on the grill. They weren't playing the latest Jewish rap music. It was more of a gathering of the who's who. For which purpose? Well, to allow them to show off their knowledge. To allow them to talk about how righteous and holy they were. You ever had people like that? Don't point if they're in the building. (laughs) To allow the Pharisees to talk about the people who were less than. The people who weren't righteous. The people who were sinners. Now in those days, the houses were all open and there would be porches on the house. And so what would happen is the Pharisees would gather and have their spiritual meeting, talk and puff each other up, talking how righteous they were, but understand all the houses were open. And so beyond the wall of the porch would be the common folk, the common people. And they would allow them to creep up to the wall to kind of get a listen of what the Pharisees are saying because the Pharisees kind of ruled the community. They called the shots. 
They said who was right, who was wrong. And so you can imagine all the common people. You can imagine all the sinners wanting to hear who the Pharisees are talking about this week. It was kind of the TMZ of those days. You know, there wasn't internet, there wasn't social media, there was no newspaper, there was nothing else to do, so people, the common folks, showed up to hear what the Pharisees were going to say this time. What are they going to say? There was no Netflix, there was no Housewives of Jerusalem. (laughs) Come on, work with me, work with me. Yeah, that would have been a good show. That would have been a good show. And so there was nothing else to do. So let's go hear what the Pharisees are going to talk about today. And we find our text, Luke chapter 7, verse 37. A woman in that town. Where was she? In that town. In that town. Who lived a sinful life. Code language, town prostitute. Code language, town hooker. For those of you who don't know what prostitute is, hooker. <laughs> Lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there. Hmm. What drew her to the Pharisee's house? Because a town prostitute normally probably wouldn't be drawn to there if she's known in the town for her occupation. Come on, somebody. But she heard Jesus was eating there. May I submit to you that the woman must have heard Jesus before. May I submit to you that she was hanging on the words of Jesus as he traveled through Jerusalem. And she heard hope. And she felt loved. And she felt compassion. When others rejected her. When others put her down. She sensed something different about this Galilean named Jesus. And she wanted to be where Jesus was. So she came there. She didn't come empty-handed. She came there for purpose. She came with an alabaster jar of perfume. Now we know in the text that the Pharisees all of a sudden pop off and go crazy. They're triggered. Like triggered. What is this woman doing here? Okay, she breached the wall that common folk were not to breach. And she came to where Jesus was in the house. And so they're irate. They're going off and they're asking Jesus to do something about it. They're saying words like she's unclean, she's unworthy, she's impure, she doesn't belong, and she was not invited here. She wasn't invited here. JC, kick her out. Hmm? I I want you to think with me. Come on, go with me in the text. Let's, Let's jump in to Luke chapter seven. Let's go back to J-Town. I want you to think for just a minute what it would be like to be her. What, What would it be like to be 
her. Let, let, let's be creative in thinking about her situation. I can't prove any of this, but with all my heart, I believe that she did not grow, grow up dreaming of being a prostitute. Like, I don't think for one moment that she went to her friend's house at 11 years old at a slumber party. And when the 11-year-olds get together, they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. What do you want to be? I want to be a lawyer. I don't believe for a moment. She said, I want to be a hooker. I, don't, I just don't believe that. I, 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 don't, I don't believe she said that. But, but how did she end up here? How did she? Ideas. Maybe she had a distant father, an uninvolved father. Maybe she was abused as a child and started looking for love in all the wrong places. Maybe she gets pregnant at a young age and the father of the baby leaves her. And then she becomes bitter and says, I'm going to use men to gain money because I feel rejected, ashamed, and I have no other choice. Hmm? I'm sure she hated it. I'm sure she hated it. I'm sure she felt trapped. Are you hearing this today? But every time she went to a man... Every time he abused her and misused her. And the women in that day despised her as they glared at her as she walked through the city. Maybe that happened, but, but what I do know is she felt she wasn't good enough. She felt as if she wasn't good enough. She was ashamed. She was guilty. She felt unwanted. And what I do know is that some of you in here today feel the same. You feel the same way. Not good enough. Guilty for where you've been. Wondering, how did I end up here? I never thought I would do that. I never thought I would be, and then you fill in the blank. I never thought I would be divorced. I never thought I would be alone. I never thought I would be still struggling with the same sin. I never thought I would be battling this addiction. I never thought I would be able to make it financially. I never thought I would be here. She felt unwelcome. She felt uninvited. They said, sorry, not welcome here, not invited here. What does she do? What does she do? She takes something that was very costly to her. She takes what the Bible calls an alabaster box full of anointment, perfume. And she kneels in a posture of worship and she begins to break open a jar of expensive perfume and pours it on Jesus' feet. That jar, what it would contain would be a year's worth of wages and in our in our economy, it would be worth $54,000 today. Now, she was a prostitute. The, the, the alabaster box was very rare in those days as well. How did she get it? We don't know. The text doesn't say it, but maybe it was an heirloom. Maybe it was passed down from her grandmother, her grandmother's mother. We don't know, but it was very rare in those days. If you were to buy one today, it would be around $7,000 for an alabaster box. The oil, let's talk about the, oil, the perfume that was in there. It's very important to realize that in those days, if you had a business, you didn't have business cards, you didn't have the internet to promote it. So what would happen is, for her occupation, a prostitute, 
she would put the perfume on and it would signal to the men, I'm available. Watch this. Watch this. She would walk through the city, town, and she would put the perfume on and it was her business card to the men, both married and unmarried. I think my mind goes there because I'm a preacher and I, I like to really dive into the text. I think that there had to be at least one Pharisee up in that room. I have to go there. Um, so not only was it costly, but it was her livelihood. That perfume was how she fed her kids, how she made a living, how she paid her bills. Are you with me so far? Think about this. She took the very thing used for sin and used it to pull her into freedom. Mm. She took the very thing used that kept her in sin and she used it to pull her into freedom. One moment she extravagantly worshiped Jesus and was symbolically repenting of her lifestyle, saying, the old life I'm leaving and I'm gaining a brand new life with Jesus. Verse 38, let's keep reading the story. As she stood behind him, behind Jesus, at his feet weeping uncontrollably uncontrollably weeping. When you've been forgiven a lot, you love hard. That's the scripture. When you've been forgiven of a lot of sins, you love hard. She knew that they knew. They knew her. She knew that Jesus knew her. She knew he was a prophet. She began to wet his feet with her tears, uncontrollably weeping. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. She couldn't stop crying. Understand that in those days, the Jewish women did not let their hair down. It was a sign of disrespect. The hair was covered, usually with some kind of cloth, some kind of scarf or something. So it was considered highly inappropriate for a woman to let her hair down. Highly inappropriate. But Jesus didn't care. You know, sometimes I think the church strains at a gnat and Jesus is like, that really doesn't matter to me. I can't tell you how many times people have come against me because I have tattoos and because I dress the way I dress. How can you wear holes in your jeans and preach the gospel? <laughs> well, it's very easy. I got scripture to back it. Be holy as he is holy. <laughs> First time you laugh, sir. Double barrel. It amazes me how the church... How we're sitting here with a log in our eye trying to pick out a speck in someone else's eye. And we drive people like that woman. 
We drive people from our churches. Man, I only got 10 minutes left, but I felt my help right there. Thank God it's not that this church. Thank God this church is different. Because religious people don't stay around this church. They don't. This wasn't made for religious people. It was made for jacked up, broken, hurting, lost people. That's what this church is for. Verse 39, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who he is touching him. He would know what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. She's a sinner, 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 sinner. Aren't we all sinners? Such as I, if not for the blood of Jesus Christ, such as I, sinner, guilty, guilty. The Pharisee named Simon didn't like it, didn't like it. Jesus doesn't even know. He, he's, he, he's not even the son of God. He says he's a prophet. <laughs> he can't even pick this up. This is the town hooker. No, he knew who she was. I think, text doesn't say it, but once again, I jump into the text. I think Jesus did it to prove a point to all the Pharisees sitting there. All pious and self-righteous, thinking their stuff don't stink. (laughs) I think he did it to prove a point. Hmm? Let's continue reading. You guys okay today? You like that news? I do too. 44 through 48, then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, check this out. Now, Jesus got a little attitude here. If y'all think JC didn't have an attitude, he had a righteous indignation come up with. Do you see this woman? I came into your house, Simon. He's got a little attitude. You did not give me water for my feet. How disrespectful. When you walked into a house in Jerusalem, there was no Nike Jordans. Come on now. There was Air Jordan sandals. That was it. There was no covering over the shoes. A sign of respect was when you came in, the servant would wash the feet from all the dust. There was not blacktop and concrete. Come on now. It was dusty trails and roads. They walked. They walked, God. They didn't have, come on, Chevrolet and Fords. Come on, Fixer Repair Daily. Um, They didn't have none of that. Sorry for all my Ford people. If you get offended and leave the church, I'm sorry. Um, I'm a Chevy man. Anyway, they, they didn't have all that. They walked around. They walked. They walked. And so he says, hey, you didn't even, you didn't even give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, sign of respect and honor. But this woman, from the time I entered in, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head. But she had perfume, and she put it on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her sins... There are many, and they've been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Church, this woman risked it all. She risked it all so much to come and interrupt this party. 
I'm sure, like I said, she knew who Jesus was or she wouldn't have shown up. She knew of his love and his grace, and she was broken. She knew the state of her heart, the state of her life. She was lost. She was hurt. She was trying to fill a void in her heart, but coming up empty every time with every appointment, with every time she put the perfume on. She had a void that could not be She felt uninvited everywhere she went, even though the men invited her in to their houses. She felt so uninvited. She risked a lot, but she gained so much more than she risked. I think about how many people every week risk a lot by coming to our church, thinking Will they look down on me like other Christians and churches have? Will they judge my appearance because I don't have the best outfits and best clothes? Will I look out of place? Will I even feel welcomed? Will I feel loved? Will I feel invited? The answer is yes, yes, yes. You're invited, you're welcomed, and you're family when you're here. Because... Because Jesus invites the people others reject, and so does this church. So does this church. So does this church. Why do we need a bigger space? Because we're inviting the community, the lost, the broken, the hurting, the addicted. We're inviting them. We need more room for them to come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference? Why do we need a bigger space for our kids? Because you guys aren't willing to give up having them. That was funny. I don't care who you are. That was the best joke of the whole sermon. Unplanned. It's not willing to give that up, Pastor. Okay. Let's keep growing the church one baby at a time. (laughs) Jesus invites others that people reject, and so does this church. So does this church. So does this church. I can't tell you how many people have told me, I came to this church because I feel welcomed. I feel invited. I feel loved. I've been to other churches, and I'm not here to bash other churches. There's a lot of great churches in our community where you do feel invited. There's a a few bad apples, though, in every bunch. Amen? But I'm just, I'm not here to talk about other churches. I'm here to talk about this church. So does this church. You're invited. We believe that lost and broken people matter to God, therefore they matter to us. And we will do anything short of sin to reach those who feel uninvited. Anything short of sin to reach those who feel uninvited. So a new building is to invite the community. It's to invite the sinful women, like in this text. It's to invite those who are broken and addicted. That's the purpose of the building. It's not to say, yay, look at us. No, no, no. An empty building means nothing unless people are invited to the building. And we're going to invite the community, and you're going to invite the community, and you're going to invite your friends and coworkers and family members who are far from God, who have been felt rejected and unwelcomed and uninvited, and they're going to come. Notice in the text, nowhere do we find Jesus pointing out the woman's sin. 
Nowhere do we find him judging her for her lifestyle. Nowhere do we find him shaming her. What changed her? She'd been invited. She'd been invited to the family of God. She'd been invited. She knew the state of her heart. She knew her sinful behavior. And can I tell you, lost people know when they sin. We don't need to look them up and down and say, you don't belong here with that behavior. Oh, we, we dress our best for God here. No, 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 not, not here. You see, see, Jesus didn't have to agree with the people he showed kindness to. He didn't have to condone their lifestyle in order to accept them. And he didn't have to avoid them because they didn't talk and walk like him. He actually went to them in the scriptures. He sat with them, had conversation. He ate dinner at the houses of publicans and uh, notorious sinners. And he invited the worst of the worst to come follow him. He told them the truth, but it was always wrapped in love. His conversation was full of grace and seasoned with salt. And he lived up to the greatest title of all, Jesus, friend of sinners. May we be honored enough to embrace that title here at Fuel Church. Hey, that's Fuel Church. They're a friend of sinners. Hey, that, that Fuel Church, they're a friend of sinners. They just love, well, you just love those types. Yeah, we love everybody. We love everybody. Doesn't mean we approve of everybody's behavior and lifestyle, but we can accept them and we can say, you're invited into the family of God. Let's journey together. Let's become more like Christ. I'm invited. Here's the truth today. I want you to know this. If you've ever doubted God, question him been angry at him, tried to walk away from him, failed him, I want you to know that you're invited today. I want you to know that if you've been addicted to drugs and alcohol, a promiscuous lifestyle, and any other thing that has, has you bound and in chains or tried to control your life, I want you to know you're still invited here. I want you to know if you went through divorce, bankruptcy, considered ending your life, committed adultery, I want you to know that you're still invited here. I want that to be clear. Why am I shouting? Because I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about it. Everyone is welcome here. And I want our city to know that no matter what you've done, that Fuel Church invites you when others reject you because Jesus invites the people others reject. And so does this church. So does this church. Church, if we're going to make it hard for people to go to hell then we need to make it easy for them to come to church. We make it easy. Some of you come from different church backgrounds, and I hear this a lot. Well, just the church I came from was more traditional, and, and I respect that. And they say, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Well, we're here to create an atmosphere so that when people come in, they feel invited. They feel welcome. People that have never been to church like you. People that didn't grow up in church. And I'm thankful for all the people that are here that grew up in church. Because you guys are the pillars here. You guys are the ones that say, man, I want to be a part of this movement. I want to be a part of reaching God's lost kids. You're the ones that are helping disciple. You're the ones that are leading small groups. You're the ones that are team leaders. And you're helping us reap the harvest that God has out there. 
And I love to see how people come to this church that are far from God and they get it. They get it and they get plugged in and they start serving and they're growing in their faith and then they're bringing other people. They're inviting other people. They're letting them know about the hope that lies within. The Bible says, tell of the hope that lies within you. Don't keep the hope hidden. We are hope dealers. We are no longer dope dealers. Come on, somebody. We are hope dealers. I am out of time, but I am not out of word. If you want more, come to the one o'clock. I'll go into overtime on that service. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that we're invited. No matter our past, no matter our struggles, no matter what we're going through right now, no matter what we did last week, last month, or last year, or the last decade, we're invited into the family of God. Jesus, we thank you that you invite people others reject. And we thank you, so does this church. We thank you, you're building your church. Huh. One broken person at a time. One hurting person at a time. You're building your church. And we're honored to play a part. We're honored to be a part of the church. We're honored to be planted in this church that has a mission from you, God. And we will not stop. We will keep planting more campuses, getting more buildings. Lord, we will follow your direction. Where you tell us to go, we will go for the purpose of inviting the lost, broken, and hurting. We thank you, Lord, just as you filled this building time and time again, multiple times on a Sunday, you're gonna fill the new building. It's a much larger space, God, but we're making room. <laughs> we're making room. We're expecting the invites to go out. We're expecting the harvest to come. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our church, what you're doing in our individual lives. We love you today. We thank you that we're invited. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today and maybe you're far from God. We want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. Surrendering your life to him. If you were to put your head on your pillow for the last time tonight, do you know where eternity is for you? It's a very serious, sombering question. Do you know if you're not sure where you would go if you were to take your last breath tonight, I wanna pray with you, we wanna pray with you. We're not here to embarrass you or call you out, make you stand up. We wanna pray with you and let you know you're in the family of God. So all over the auditorium, heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, you say, Jacob, include me in on this prayer of salvation or rededication, throw up that hand, thank you, thank you. Throw up that hand right now, every section. Thank you, thank you, awesome. Who else? I see you way in the back there, I see you right here, thank you. Anyone else, you wanna be included? You wanna make sure you're right with God? I just want to make sure everyone is right with God. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I believe you died for my sins and that you are the son of God. I thank you for this new life that you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. Fuel Church, put our hands together. Let's rejoice. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. 
If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.